Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Roots-based Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. Both chair, while I take a deeper dive into the concerns for the team's present and future, questions are always welcomed, whether on Twitter, Tim815, on the Anchor Contest Line, or on my Facebook, Pre-Arb Excellence Group. Thanks for stopping by for today's episode, Dancing Around the Schwindel Maypole, and Ask Me Questions If I was confusing. Back when I was in high school, I went to a different high school than my older brother did. And my older brother, when they had school on May 1st, their school would have, they had a big old flagpole out in front. And they had dance around the Maypole day. As I remember, I could be completely misremembering. I could be completely wrong. But they danced around the maypole. I, I don't know what entirely that entailed, but I remember my brother talking about dancing around the maypole. Dancing around the maypole. He wasn't much into dancing, but I remember hearing about dancing around the maypole. So we're going to talk about dancing around the Frank Schwindel maypole today. With Frank Schwindel, I like to be straight up front honest. I like to be as completely genuine as I can be. I'll start with the Frank Schwindel waiver claim. I just sent something out to someone on Twitter about it. I don't know. We might have some blow-ups here coming soon. But first, regarding the Frank Schwindel waiver claim. The Cubs, at the time Frank Schwindel was on waivers, had only 39 players on their 40-man roster, so they had an open roster spot. To me, seems kind of obvious. If you have a 40-man roster spot open and there's a player who isn't necessarily terrible, I'll go put in a waiver claim. And, and that... The Cubs were very possibly going to be trading their one and, frankly, only first baseman at the end of the month. Trading Frank Schwindel, or claiming Frank Schwindel on waivers just before Anthony Rizzo was going to get traded seemed entirely logical. It seemed entirely logical. Now, that is what I said. That is what I mean. It seemed entirely logical. Now, if I would have said, if I, if I would have meant the Cubs should have signed Frank Schwindel because it was patently obvious he was going to have an OPS in the neighborhood of 1,000 for the rest of the season, then I would have said, the Cubs should have claimed Frank Schwindel because it was patently obvious that he was going to have an OPS of about 1,000 for the rest of the season. But I didn't say that. You know why I didn't say that? Because I didn't have any freaking idea what Frank Schwindel was going to do at the major leagues, in the major leagues, at the major league level. But it appeared rather obvious that the Cubs were probably going to be trading away some veterans with expiring contracts, creating spaces on the 40-man roster and on the 26-man roster, 
for players who otherwise would not have had much of a chance to play to get to play. See how I said that? I did not say anything about what I expected Frank Schwindel to do at the major league level. You know why I didn't say that? Because I didn't have any idea. However, I had listened to enough AAA games in 2018-2019 when Frank Schwindel was with Omaha in the Kansas City organization to know that, yeah, Frank Schwindel was a kind of good hitter. He wasn't an elite hitter. He wasn't um, Ty Cobb reincarnated. He wasn't Ted Williams 2.0. He wasn't the next Wade Boggs. He was pretty good hitter. Pretty good hitter. But the problem was he was mainly a first baseman. Now, there, there really isn't any, nor was there in July, well, if he does really well, then you can stick him at third base and make, no, 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 that, no, no. Well, you could put him in left field. At, no, no, no. Part of the reason Frank Schwindel was in the minor leagues was because he's a first baseman. Frank Schwindel is a first baseman, was a first baseman, shall be a first baseman. The only other realistic position Frank Schwindel can honestly play as designated hitter. I said it's completely obvious to claim Frank Schwindel on waivers because the Cubs had an open roster spot. No, nothing further. Nothing further needs to be added. Nothing, the, uh, the Maypole doesn't have to get further extended. We don't have to gloss the rose or whatever you want to call it. Schwindel getting claimed on waivers in mid-July, made absolute sense since the Cubs had an empty 40-man roster spot. Then, then, you know, full stop, completely different sentence, completely different paragraph, since the Cubs did claim Frank Schwindel in mid-July, and since they were trading away Anthony Rizzo in late July, it made perfect sense to let Frank Schwindel play first base. He's on the 40-man roster. He's the first baseman. First baseman, da -da -da -da, kind of vacant. Patrick Wisdom played um, first base on the day after the trade deadline. And from all I've heard, Frank um, Patrick Wisdom is much better at third base than first base. And Frank Schwindel is better at first base than any other position on the field. So, as of the August the 1st, Frank Schwindel took over at first base. Because, why not? He's a first baseman. If he goes 5 for 73, then he gets designated for assignment. See how easy that is? If he's terrible, then you're designated for assignment. No, no harm, no foul. So, why are so many people, and they're out there. It, it's not a majority. It's not 85%. It's not 70%. Probably not even 40%. But there is a significant vocal minority of Cubs fans. And a lot of these Cubs fans are, I'm starting to really use this term a whole lot, Microsoft Excel baseball fans. 
Microsoft Microsoft Excel baseball fans, I'm not saying that is a bad way to be. I'm not saying that um, playing the numbers to the hilt. I'm not saying that's a wrong way to be. But there are Microsoft Excel baseball fans. There are baseball fans who value pitcher wins and hitter RBIs. There are ways to be. There are ways to be. One is not necessarily better than the other. But they're different. They're different. You're not going to have a whole lot of Microsoft Excel fans who think that pitcher wins are very important in assessing starting pitchers. You're not going to get that. That just doesn't happen. There are a number of different types of baseball fans. And Microsoft Excel baseball fans are one sort. And fans that value pitcher wins and RBIs, that's a different sort. Microsoft Excel fans have a tendency to want to be hypercritical of Frank Schwindel. Why? I guess you'd probably have to ask a Microsoft Excel baseball fan. But I think part of it could be, part of it could be they are... Not committed. Their anthill is what their um, stock screener says. Their stock screener says because of his age, because of his this, because of his that, because of his the other thing, Frank Schwindel is going to be bad next year. Or because of this and because of that and because of the other thing, Patrick Wisdom is going to have a bad year next year. They're willing to... um, Invest in themselves. Well, <laughs> that's interesting. Uh, invest in the mindset of, I don't think this guy's going to be any good next year. They're willing to go that sort of direction. I don't think Frank Schwindel is worth having around next year. Now, there's a couple of different reasons to possibly not want to have Frank Schwindel around next year. One is you're a Microsoft baseball fan. And you don't think he's going to be good next year. Except a lot of Microsoft baseball fans, Microsoft Excel baseball fans, do not want to own up to the reason why they don't believe in the player. They Get rid of him. Trade him or release him. Right into that. Today's... Wednesday, ran into that on Tuesday. Frank Schwindel should be traded or released. Wow, that seems rather, uh, hmm, interesting. Um, to me, what I see in Frank Schwindel is a player who, per fan graphs, who's better at that stuff than I am, said he was worth, what, $15, $16 million in 2021? And in 2021, he basically played a little bit over two months. Seems fairly good to me. You know, he doesn't have to be worth $15 million next year to be worth a $600,000 contract. Really doesn't have to be. You know, if he, if he let's say Schwindel comes back next year and he's only worth $9.4 million. Only. It's just, you know, 1.2, 1.3 wins above on fan graphs. 1.2, 1.3, something in that range. You know, what? 
not elite, adequate. But he's, he'd certainly be worth $600,000 or whatever league minimum is going to be next year. I don't know what it's going to be, but I like to toss around $600,000. It'd be some, somewhere around there. But yeah, if a uh, player is receiving $600,000 and he's worth $9 million, $10 million, yeah, I'll generally take that. He probably won't be the reason that the team screwed up. Just saw the one today on Twitter. Manny Rodriguez is the first Major League Baseball player player from the Mexican Yucatan province. Kind of surprising. Um, But then I don't know a whole lot about Mexican baseball to MLB history. But yeah, that's kind of a cool thing. You know, that'd be like first major leaguer from Delaware or first major leaguer from... New Mexico or first major leaguer from Iowa or for, you know, whatever it would be. That, that That's kind of cool. You know, that's kind of cool. First major leaguer from. Um, but yeah, you, you get a guy, if Manny Rodriguez next year is making $600,000, he's worth $10 million. He's not the reason the Cubs screwed up. He's not the reason the Cubs screwed up. If the Cubs screw up, it would be someone other than him. So... Looking at the Manny Rodriguez example, I don't really think that is the thing with uh, most people who are opposed to Frank Schwindel. I think most of the dancing around the maypole with Frank Schwindel, most of it ends up being people don't want Frank Schwindel around because they want Anthony Rizzo back. Now they just say, I don't want Frank Schwindel around because I want Anthony Rizzo back. Then I said, oh, okay. And I quit discussing it with them. Because they would have told me why they want Frank Schwindel gone. Completely understandable. Would I agree with them wholeheartedly? Would I have, could I possibly have a counter? Uh, I wouldn't agree with them wholeheartedly and I might have a counter. But if someone is saying, I don't want this person around because that limits the likelihood that I get to see this other player, okay, fine, I'm done with this discussion. You made your point perfectly clear. It's understandable. I get it. No problem. There's one other thing with the Frank Schwindel discussion, the Frank Schwindel argument, dancing around the Frank Schwindel maypole, that may come into play. And frankly, I don't know how the baseball collective bargaining agreement works well enough to answer this because after all the baseball collective bargaining agreement expires on December 1st it flat out expires it totally completely entirely disassembles to come back later at some time maybe and we don't know what the we don't know what the CBA will be. Perhaps it may be that Frank Schwindel or Patrick Wisdom or Rafael Ortega, depending upon how the collective bargaining agreement gets written and agreed to and set in stone, they could possibly be free agents rather soon. Possibly this offseason possibly next offseason, because it is possible with the change in the collective bargaining agreement 
for free agency rules to change. It's possible. It's possible that when the agreement gets signed, Frank Schwindel is a free agent. It could be that Patrick Wisdom is a free agent. We don't know what the rules are going to be. As of right now, though, Frank Schwindel would be a Cub in 2022 for $600,000 or so if the Cubs were interested in retaining him. And it would be stupid for them to not retain him for that. People who are dancing around the Maypole regarding Frank Schwindel, they often try to be coy. They want to make their stance, but they don't want to tell you what that stance is for some reason. I love to tell people what my stance is on Frank Schwindel. Based on the rules as they are now, next year, Frank Schwindel would make $600,000. This year, Frank Schwindel was worth 15 or $16 million to the Cubs based on Fangraph's figures. And I trust Fangraph figures more than I trust my own memory. So if Fangraph says Frank Schwindel is worth $15, $16 million, something like that, and the Cubs can have him back for $600,000 in a league with a probable designated hitter. That to me sounds like a no-brainer. And someone said, so does that mean you think he's worth $10 million? So it doesn't matter what it matters. That doesn't make a spitting bit of difference. What I think. The Cubs don't have to pay him $10 million. Let's say, let's say you get a little bit tired of mowing your lawn. You get a little bit tired of mowing your lawn, and a kid offers to mow your lawn for you. He gives you glowing references. He has a wonderful website set up showing all this and all that, and how he's great at getting lawns mowed, and da 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 whatever, whatever. He says, I will mow your lawn for you for the entire summer for a dollar and a half. You mean a dollar and a half each time? No, no, no. A dollar and a half total. And I will make sure your lawn gets mowed. For a dollar and a half? That'd be pretty tempting, wouldn't it be? You know, labor laws and uh, minimum wage and all that kind of stuff uh, might, might scare you. But for a buck and a half, you know, I, I'd almost let somebody mow my lawn one time for a dollar and a half. With Frank Schwindel, it boils to the finances. If the Cubs only have to pay $600,000 to have Frank Schwindel around for 2022, the Cubs might as well keep Frank Schwindel around in 2022 for $600,000. It really has nothing to do with Anthony Rizzo or Chris Bryant or Javier Baez or Greg Maddox or, let's see, what other... um, Kyle Schwarber or Ian Happ, or it, it has absolutely nothing to do with that. Frank Schwindel should live up to a $600,000 contract in 2022. Plug him in at first base, plug him in at first, first base DH, maybe use Alfonso Rivas at first base once in a while. 
shuffle them around, give them a couple days off, plug in this other guy, use use somebody else, da-da-da, whatever. For $600,000, he should outperform that. He doesn't have to be worth $15 million. He doesn't have to be worth $17 million. He doesn't have to be worth $22 million to be worth $600,000. When I talk about Frank Schwindel, when I talk about pretty much any player, what is this guy going to be worth next season if he has a major league contract? If he's done fairly well, and he's basically going to be making league minimum. Ah, oh, yeah, sure. What the heck? I'll give him a look. Why not? I try to be totally upfront and honest. I don't try to finesse. I don't try to massage the truth when it comes to Frank Schwindel. I didn't expect him to do this well. I didn't expect him to do this well. But the only way you're going to find out how good a player can actually be is if you let him play. Let him go out there and let him play. Now, what the Cubs could have done was said, uh, no, we're not going to claim Frank Schwindel because we have better options in-house. After all, we have Alfonso Rivas. We can plug in Alfonso Rivas so we don't need... Frank Schwindel. Cubs could have done that. They didn't do that. Fortunately, they didn't do that. They claimed a guy on waivers who they were going to be able to give regular starters innings to within two weeks. And he actually did well. Assessing Frank Schwindel into 2022 is a completely different thing from assessing how many total career home runs you think he's going to have for the I'm not even worried about that. I'm not even remotely worried about that. I'm not considering Frank Schwindel a long-term piece. What I'm saying is, if he's only going to cost the Cubs $600,000 or so, in 2022, and if he was worth on fan graphs 15 16 million dollars over two months, he will probably be worth six hundred thousand dollars or better over the entire 2022 season. And if he's horrible, if he's horrible, which hey, that could happen. You're non-tenderum. Non-tenderum. Maybe you send him down to AAA first, see if he can straighten it out, then bring him back up. There, He's not worth, he's not costing the Cubs $4 million or $8 million or $7 million, and if you don't keep him the next year, it's another $4 million. It's about 600000 bucks. Bring him back. See how he does. Really, where's the downside? Well, yeah, you're right. For some people, the downside is Frank Schwindel is not Anthony Rizzo. Thanks for stopping by Pre-Arb Excellence. I'll have another podcast up soon as circumstances warrant. 
attempt to have that worth your time as well. Be safe, go Cubs, go, and be nice to people.